the mistake that he made, he didn't steal the money, but the mistake that he made is that he bought a lot of hardware, a lot of inventory, and we had no clients. So mm-hmm. all the money that he had raised, not just from me, but from many others, about $300,000. There was no cash flow. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you have got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your life, go to myworstinvestmentever.com today and take the risk reduction assessment I created from the lessons I've learned from more than 500 guests. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Brian Golod. Brian, are you ready to join the mission? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to get you here because I know you're on a mission too. But let me introduce you to the audience for one second. Brian Golod was born and raised in Buenos Aires, Argentina. His parents asked him what he wanted to do for a living when he was 13 years old, and somehow he knew, well, at least for the following 21 years. He studied computer science at the number one middle and high school in Argentina and got an early start. Before turning 20 years old, his family immigrated to Canada. After working for the government of Canada twice, tech multinationals, startups, and everything in between, he realized he was able to help professionals get back on their feet and advance in their careers. He started doing this on the side for free, just trying to give back to society and eventually realized he couldn't live the rest of his life without pursuing his purpose, what he was born for. He says it's impossible to describe how he feels every time someone gets the job they want with his help. Wow, Brian, take a minute and tell us more about the value that you bring to this beautiful world. Thank you very much for having me. I just love, love, absolutely love seeing or unlocking, actually, unlocking people's potential, guiding them, helping them, protecting them, giving them the tools to be able to achieve more. Because it is a miracle, the fact that we are alive today. It is a miracle that we were born, to be honest. One in 400 trillion odds of being born you have survived this pandemic, just want more people to achieve more, to be able to jump out of bed with excitement and love looking forward to Mondays, to Monday mornings. I wasn't looking forward to Monday mornings for some time. So it's all about just leaving this world in, in a better shape than I found it. And I found this as a fluke, really. I didn't know that I had these skills to be able to help others. But once I did it once and once I proved that I was able to do it predictably, I was like, I, I have to do this. This is, this is really what I was born for. And tell us how, how does, if somebody comes across you on LinkedIn and they like what you say, they listen to you on this podcast, what's the best way or what's the most common way that they would engage with you? There are many professionals who prefer to reach out to me, to engage in conversation, to introduce themselves, to tell me what it is that they are struggling with. And I'm happy to listen from anybody and ask them questions and point them in the right direction. And there are others who don't have any time for that. They just want to see what it is that I have to offer. And they want to know, okay, if I were to come to you, how would you help me get back on my feet or advance in my career? And mm-hmm. in that case, I basically invite them to go to my 
web class. It's free and it's on nextbatch.com. And basically they sign up. Sometimes I do them live and sometimes I just leave them on a, it's called Evergreen. It's basically a web right. class that's been pre-recorded, right? And you can watch it anytime that any anytime that you want. So I could be sleeping and you could be watching it live. I mean, as a pre-recorded mm. version. Mm. Nextbadge.com. And I'll have the link to that in the show notes. So check it out. You know, you just you just inspired me about something I was thinking about. You know, I was a successful analyst. I did, you know, everything I could to to go from kind of scratch to becoming uh what I, I was eventually voted a number one analyst in Thailand by the fund managers, by the client. And that was a big achievement. And then I became president of the CFA Society in Thailand for Chartered Financial Analysts, which was even a bigger achievement. Really, Brian, when you think about it, I came to Thailand really with nothing except my education and a desire to work. And here I was, you know, 20, 15, 20 years later, Thai people were, you know, were voting me to represent them. And, you know, it's something that I really appreciated. And I did that for two terms. So but I always taught finance since the day I arrived in Thailand. And I just always taught on the weekends and on the evenings. And in 2017, I created the Valuation Masterclass, which is a online course to teach people how to go from basically nothing to become a financial analyst. And now I built that into the Valuation Masterclass Bootcamp, which is a six-week intensive program. And you know, I'm just so passionate about bringing as much value to these guys over six weeks. We they have to write a full report. They have 30 hours of video training. It's tough. We have about a 70% pass rate, 30% dropout. It's just tough. And we just celebrated our recent grads. They have to write a full equity report and they have to present it. And we have a video of that. It's just a uh, pretty exciting. And, but I just realized listening to you that, you know, I'm excited about what I'm bringing to them in the group, but maybe I'm not conveying that enough about that passion, you know, like I observe you conveying that. What is the benefit for you or for the world by you really making it vocal about what it is that you love doing and, and all that? I'm just curious if you can help me on that. So the first thing, <laughs> you were born in the U.S. and I was born in South America. In case anybody is wondering, they don't know me, right? They are listening and they're like, where's that accent from? So I was born and raised in Buenos Aires, Argentina, like you were saying earlier. So I was born with passion in my blood. So it's not like I can turn it off, right? So for me, it's easy to just speak mm -hmm. with passion. But what I'm passionate about is really serving others, but serving others differently, serving others with commitment, commitment towards their goals, not towards my bank account. And that is something that really helped me differentiate myself. Three and a half years ago, when I, when I started, offering these services as paid services after my wife pushed me. Actually, she didn't want me to charge for my services. She just wanted me to stop offering this and helping others because I was taking time away from my family. Mm. And she was like, you have to stop. We have a, at the time we had a young daughter and she was like, you're stealing all, all this precious time away from her, away from me as a family. But because I had already savored, I guess, I had tasted this, this, I guess, ability to be able to help others. I felt it was a non-negotiable. I just couldn't stop doing it because I felt that I was changing the world one person at a time. So I told her, basically put my foot on the ground and I said, I'm sorry, but I cannot stop doing this. 
I need to continue to mentor others because I'm changing their lives. Imagine people who are professionals who are struggling, who were unemployed for months or years, and they had no clarity as to what to do. And then I would come and literally in minutes, I would tell them exactly what to do at their next interview, mm. and they would get a job offer. Consistently, every single one of them that I met with, they would get that same result. So she said, well, you have to value yourself. If you don't value yourself, nobody else will. And I said, yeah, I value myself. She said, no, you have to value your knowledge, skills, experience, expertise, commitment, time, and all the value that you bring to the table. I said, I value that. She said, no, you have to charge for that. You have to charge for all that. And that's when I started to charge. But before I started to charge, I asked myself, how can I be different? From the average scammer out there who just promises you the world and when things don't work out, they just walk away. There's no more money on the table. Sorry, I don't know you. Mm. Sorry, tough luck. It didn't work out. I gave you my best. Just couldn't do it that way. I think it's unethical. So what did I do? I introduced this from the get-go, this policy that I have. If what I do for you doesn't work out, I give you your money back. I cannot give you your time back, but I can give you your money back. Yep. You deserve to get that money back so that you can go to someone else who can actually help you. I don't want to be responsible for derailing your career or your life and not having a chance to really go to someone who can actually help you. So that is real commitment. That's someone really putting you first instead of my own bank account. Mm. I hope that that helps. Yeah, that helps. And I think the thing that you're saying is <laughs> most of us make a commitment to our goals, but you make a commitment to other people's goals. And I think that's my big takeaway just from this discussion is that I need to redouble my commitment. Now, recently I've like brought in corporate sponsors who want to hire my students. And now I've made a really great booklet highlighting all of the students that have just graduated from the boot camp. I've asked the students if you know you want to you want to interview with one of these different sponsors, and then I'm matchmaking them and setting them up to talk with those sponsors ultimately to get jobs. And so you know I think that what I learned from you just in this short conversation is make sure that I'm really after the boot camp's done. It's six weeks of intense time. Make sure I'm progressing each person's goals, and I appreciate that. That's something that you share with me. So. And it was just a very short amount of time. Go ahead. My pleasure. I just want to say one thing, and this is to protect both parties. Okay. Yep. It's important that you do it from your heart, that you really have somebody else's best interest at heart. That's 100%. No questions asked about that. But at the same time, you have to protect yourself. Okay. You have to make sure that those that you're committing to are equally committed to you and to the program. Okay. So it's a, it's a double commitment. You're not yeah, here to it, babysit. You're not yep. here to force people. You're not here to, I mean, you cannot force them to do yep. this. You can want their success as much as they do, but you cannot want it any more than, than they do either. Yeah. So I just want to tell you that yep. you can commit to them, but they have to follow what you are advising them to do. Yeah. If they don't do it, then it's their decision, but don't come back. So just to be more clear yeah. about my policy. Yeah. I give you 30 days to try this out, 30 days to consume all my content, to try it out. And if you tell me before day 30 that you're not feeling it, you're not seeing the results, the progression, right? You might not get a job, 
before 30 days, okay? But you need to have seen, witnessed really my commitment and the fact that we know what we're talking about and yeah. the quality of the content and the service, the support, the, the whole experience. And if you don't feel it, no problem. I'll give you every penny back, every last penny. And I will even apologize to you. Yeah. But do your part. Show up to the meetings. Ask me questions. Show me that you've done what I've asked for. If you don't do it, then don't ask for anything because it was your decision to do nothing, right? Yeah, and I guess part of how I do that is I make the boot camp so tough that only people that are committed, it's probably about 150 hours they commit for six weeks. And so if they can make it to the end, I know that they've got it. And then, you know, so, but I think that also what I've learned, and it goes back to your first discussion with your wife about charging, Money is a very important accountability partner. You know, it's one of the most powerful things. When you've paid for something, you feel the obligation. And I have a lot of courses I've done, I've looked at on sites like Udemy and others like that, that are $10 courses. And, and I don't watch them. And I don't feel bad because it was only 10 bucks. But that money commitment is actually a very valuable tool to help the client achieve their goal. Otherwise, the way they're going to view it is very different. And I think you got a smart wife, you know, encouraging you to think about it, you know, ultimately in, in charge. So great. Well, I look forward to continuing to learn. And now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Okay. So I was working as a production support developer. My background is in technology. I was working for a multinational here in Toronto, Canada. I really had big dreams. I still do. <laughs> I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to make it big and succeed financially and have independence. And I happened to be invited for dinner to this, you know, I was introduced to a family. Let's put it this way. And I, I, I was invited to their place for dinner. And we were just chatting and we got to know each other and they, they have kids. And there was immediate trust, especially because of who introduced each other, right? And I learned over just a couple of days that this, this person, the guy, the man of the family, he wanted to branch out of his business where he was working as a CFO, funny enough. And he wanted to start his own something very similar to what he was doing, maybe slight different products. This had to do with home hardware, right? Products for the home, right? So he mentioned this to me. And because of his title, because of his responsibility for the organization that he was providing his services to, where he was working at, and the size of that organization, I was like, this guy must know what he's doing. He must be amazing. I mean, it's a company that everybody knows. Okay, I'm not going to mention the name, but everybody knows his company. It's global. I thought, this guy must know. So when he told me that he had plans to start his own business, I just out of, <laughs> just out of my heart, I was like, can I be the first one to support you? I had just met him the day before, okay? <laughs> can I be the first one to support you? I, I saw the opportunity. I was like, can I be the first one to support you? And he was like, what? Are you for, are you for real? I was like, absolutely. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. I, I, it would be an honor, a blessing. We felt, each other, we felt the same way about each other. So he was like, yeah, absolutely. So 
I was working at this company. Just for more context, I was making maybe $60,000 a year, $65,000, $75,000, somewhere around there. Okay, nothing big, especially for a big city like Toronto. So that's why I had so much hunger to want to make a lot more. I had some savings. I was planning to get married. So I asked my, my girlfriend, I think it was at the time. I can't remember if we were engaged yet or not. But I asked her, what do you think about investing in this? And she was like, okay, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Okay, that's fine, yeah. So she's like, okay, $5,000 would be okay. And I said, $5,000? You may as well not invest anything. I'm that type of guy, you know, when you go in, you go in big, right? Because this is going to turn into millions, right? I mean, for $5,000, we may as well just keep it to ourselves. I was like, let's do $25,000. She's like, no. She should have listened to my wife. I told you mm-hmm. earlier. She's the one who gave me so much clarity. She said, no. $5,000, that's it. I said, come on, listen. And very persuasive as well, right? Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's do it. it was my money anyway. I had earned that money with my own sweat, okay? She didn't give me this money. It was my money after all. So anyway, I somehow convinced her that, I don't know if I convinced her, honestly. I just managed to give him the money, $25,000. And the, the mistake that he made, he didn't steal the money, but the mistake that he made is that he bought a lot of hardware, a lot of inventory. And we had no clients. So mm-hmm. all the money that he had raised, not just from me, but from many others, about $300,000. There was no cash flow. All that investment went nowhere. It went to product, product that sat in a container in a, one of those storage rooms. We just couldn't sell. We couldn't sell. To make matters worse, at some point, he invited me to a show. I can't remember how it's called, but it's in Chicago. It's a big show for hardware. And he was like, listen, can you come, can you support me in the show so that you talk to some clients and see? I was still working full-time at this mm. other organization, making about 75K. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll support you because one of our other partners, he wasn't allowed in the States yet. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll support you. So I came there and he recorded me. And he was like, when I was talking to the clients, he was saying, man, you're like, you're like, um, how do you call this, this person who... I guess, keeps the snakes just... Snake charmer. Snake charmer. Charmer. It's not a very charming nickname to give me, right? But he was like, do you realize that all these people are coming to the show and they're just, they have no time literally to stop and talk to you for half an hour. But when he recorded me, everybody was so captivated by the way that I was talking about the products and this and that and building a relationship with them. So he was like, "You're, you're a natural. I was like, I don't know about that. Like, listen, wait until we can actually convert some of these sales. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're a natural, you're a natural. The way that I was following up, the emails, the way that I was writing them, you're a natural. Okay. So he convinced me, he persuaded me to to leave my job. And he's like, I will pay you the same amount that they are paying you to join me. Thought about this with my wife. And I was like, you know what? My money is there. I believe in this. And one more way to stay close to that money and make it really multiply is by actually joining him, being the two of us together, working hand in hand. Again, we had a lot of products sitting in a, in a warehouse and the communication with the suppliers from Europe was not the best. We had someone from, from Poland. We had someone from Germany. Funny enough, the products from Poland, 
we knew what we wanted to sell. But here's just to tell you about my character. In this case, it was pitchers, pitchers with water filtration. Okay. When we're given these products, they tell us this is the best jug we have. This is the best filter. This is the best everything. So when I talk to a prospect, I'm telling them, this is the best product in the catalog. Take this one. You're going to sell a lot. They place the order. And our supplier in Poland says, we don't produce the jug anymore. I was like, you couldn't have told us before. I actually convinced my client that this is the best product that you sell. With what face can I go back to our prospect and say, oh, no, don't take that one anymore. Take this other one. I told you that that was the best one in the, in the whole catalog. And because of my character, I just, I just can't sell something that I don't believe in. So I said, look, I just don't think that you should be buying anything from us. Honestly, I believed in that. You believed in that. That's not available anymore. Don't buy anything. So I preserved relationships. And hopefully what I was mentioning before about really <clears throat> committing to somebody else's success now proves with a different story. It has nothing to do with what I do today. But I've always been like this, committed to other people's success before mine. So we weren't able to sell for different reasons, communications with the suppliers, the market, this, that, you name it. So the company tanked. We only ended up with <laughs> jugs in a warehouse and a lot of products. How do you call it? Garlic, shredder, and you name it. A whole bunch of stuff that we didn't need. Tupperware, right? And that's where the money went. But I will tell you something. Get into what I learned. I will tell you, that was the best investment, even though it was the worst at the time. Thanks to making that decision and branching out and really taking the courage to leave that job where I was at, it turned out to be the best investment. Looking back. Yeah. How would you summarize the lessons that you learned from it? Lessons that I learned. The first one is don't trust blindly. Don't just trust blindly. Like, really, if you're going to put money towards something, ask a billion questions just because someone has the title and because someone has been doing this somewhere else. It doesn't mean that they actually know how to do it all from scratch. Mm. Don't invest more than you can actually afford to lose. Don't be right. greedy, right? If this is the first time that you're doing something like this, be careful with how much you actually risk because any investment is a risk. Yep. It can go sour. It can go to nothing. If you have other priorities, definitely don't put money that you cannot afford to lose. Mm. Communication. Communication with, with those that you work with. Communication with your suppliers if you're working with suppliers. It's important that everything is written. Right. Mm. There's so much to learn, but honestly, just pace yourself. Yeah. No one just all of a sudden, you know how they talk about overnight success. We hear that all the time. That's, he's an overnight success. There's not an overnight success. The person has been working for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years for that overnight success. Yeah. Yep. Just pace yourself. Yeah. Great. Maybe I'll share a few things that I took away. You know, you said kind of purposely at the beginning, immediate trust. And you know, what you later said was don't trust blindly. So I think it's really a good lesson. And I think the, the thing I always say, you know, nowadays, Brian, what we hear is there's a hack for this. There's a shortcut for that. There's a secret to this. But the reality is, is that trust can only be built over time and usually time and difficulty. 
if it's just good times, it's hard to really see if you can trust. But when you combine time plus difficulty in life and you go through it together, then you build trust. So number one, remember for the listeners out there, trust takes time. Number two, what's called the appeal to authority fallacy. And this is the fallacy that basically we see authority figures and then we believe them and we follow them and we think, well, if he's in that position, this must work. Well, in the, in the, in the amazing world of startup business, it's just so many factors that even if somebody is working for a big company in a big position, it doesn't, doesn't matter. That could be a big mistake. The other one you talked about is no cash flow. You said specifically that there was no cash flow. And I think that's a really great lesson in that the first job of a business is to try to get the cash flowing. And you also mentioned another thing I wrote down, which was preserve relationships. And I think Thailand's taught me that a lot because, you know, you don't blow up relationships here. Whereas in America, I think you could, you could probably blow up on each other and say, I hate that guy and I'm never. But in Thailand, we make a lot of effort not to have that kind of blow up. So, and then the last thing that you didn't say, but you insinuated, and I'm going to say it is, listen to your girlfriend or your wife. And one of the reasons why it's important to do that is because particularly if you're, if you're a man, we're aggressive, we're strong, we're pushing, we're driving. And there's research that shows that women have better performance when they manage portfolios of stocks. And part of that is they hypothesize that part of that's because their ability to assess risk and manage risk is better than a man's. So truthfully, listen to the woman around you when you have your next exciting idea. Anything you would add to what I took away from that? Absolutely loved it. I don't know how you're so good at, I mean, this is what you do for a living. You're an expert. It's just amazing that you were able to, you know, get the gist of every single one of these things that I said and just summarize them with your own words for others to understand more and get even more out of this. Just absolutely loved listening to you with your own words. But the last one that you were saying, 100%. <laughs> Listen to someone. Don't think that you know it all. Listen to someone else, to someone else's perspective. Listen, but truly listen, not just hear them. Listen to see what they are saying. Listen to what they are asking you. Listen to their observations and just sit on it. You don't have to make all the decisions so quickly. Just stop the ball and listen and see and contemplate and consider and sleep on things before you make big decisions. And if you have a significant other or if you have someone that you trust who has your best interest, interest at heart and can potentially be affected by your decision, you want their full support. Mm. Maybe this is your business, right? And that's, that's it. It's your business. But if it is affecting your family or your future plans to build a family, maybe it's better to check with them too, what they think about this. Be on the same page so that they cannot say, I told you so, because you will hear about this for the rest of your life. And of course, it's easy now, many years later, to say, well, it was the best decision that I could have made, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, with yesterday's newspaper, it's, uh, it's easy. But at the time, believe me, like I was pulling out my hair. I was like, yeah. what a stupid guy. Seriously, they have done this. Right? Yeah. So I'm going to summarize, you know, what you've just said by saying stop and listen. And I just want to go back to, you know, what you were saying about how I summarized what you said. And I want to talk to the listeners to say that 
I wasn't always, you know, paying attention really most of, I think I always had my own ideas in my head. And as someone was talking, I was thinking about my ideas and doing this podcast. I mean, part of the reason why I did this podcast, Brian, was I wanted to become better at, at listening, number one. And I wanted to become better at reaching out and meeting new people. And this podcast has done that. And so for the listeners out there, you know, you may be thinking, I want to do a podcast or whatever, but one of the benefits of podcasting is learning how to listen. And so I'm going to add to your point, which is stop and listen, and I'm going to add and take notes. So for the viewers that are viewing, you can see that as Brian was talking, I was taking notes. The beauty of taking notes is it stops your mind thinking about yourself. And the other beauty is when you're live and you're, you're presenting to someone and something like that, you can't speak and write at the same time. So when you write, it means you're truly listening. So I think valuable, valuable advice for me and a little tidbit for the audience, which is write it down while someone's talking and that will stop you from interrupting them and, you know, all that. So. Love it. Love it. I just want to say one more thing, if you don't mind. I love what you're doing and I want to encourage anybody who's listening. If you are not creating content, if you are not, if you're not putting yourself out there, if you're not building relationships with strangers, we, by the way, mm. we didn't know each other until yep. 14 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. We were introduced by someone who was interviewed before, Dave yep. Buck, amazing Dave. guy. Listen, put yourself out there, build meaningful relationships and get to know strangers who can turn into not strangers and potentially yep. even friends, right? Just put yourself out there. Expand it's your network. Showcase your, your knowledge, skills, experience, expertise. Even if you're not the best one yet, just go and improve yourself by talking to others, by asking questions, by giving exposure to others who are experts. You're going to learn so much by just being around them in different areas, different industries, different fields, different walks of life, different countries, cultures. Just go and build meaningful relationships with as many people as you can. And not because you want to use them, but it's just amazing to be able to learn from others and also yep. teach them what you know. Yep. So go create content. Great, great advice. And for the listeners out there, you know, take that advice. Brian's given it, and I think it is very valuable. And take a step. Take a step today to reach out to somebody. So next question is, what is a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners? Look, I give a lot of free knowledge on a daily basis on LinkedIn. If you want to reach out, if you want to connect, if you want to ask me questions, by all means. If you want to go to nextbatch.com, I share how I've been able to, I mean, how many other professionals have been able to land more interviews without pulling out their hair, right? Mm. This whole world has changed so much for many different reasons, technology. Mm. The world is just a very crazy place right now. So how to land more interviews, how to get multiple job offers all in a very short period of time and how to negotiate your compensation as well. I, as an immigrant in Canada with this accent have been able to go from $18,000 a year to over $220,000 a year. Mm. And I share openly the strategy of how I've been able to do it so that others can learn as well. And hopefully you find enough and you're like, that was exactly what I was looking for. And that's it. I don't need you, Brian. But if you do join us, like so many others have, 
so we can help you and we can take you from point A to point B. But there are so many resources. If you reach out and you say, hey, Brian, I listened to you here on the podcast. Amazing. Just reach out and build a meaningful relationship. I tell you, there are thousands of professionals on a yearly basis who reach out and say, I've been following you for a while, for years. Mm. I've been connected with you for years. Finally, they have the courage to reach out and say, this is what I'm struggling with. Don't take years to reach out. Just reach out. You have nothing to lose. Knock on that door. It might actually open. Fantastic. That's a challenge, ladies and gentlemen. Well, last question. What is your number one goal for the next 12 months? My number one goal is really to scale this up, to serve as many people as I can, to have predictability in terms of growth as well. I mean, we know that we are good at what we do. We really, we really make a difference. We want to serve as many people as we can. When you know that what you, just like you have your product, your service, your mentorship, when you know that what you have is amazing, you just want to serve everybody who is interested in this, who needs it, mm-hmm. who has the problem, who, who has the need, the desire. So our goal is to try to scale up as, as far as we can and build partnerships and, and basically reach every professional who needs this solution, who wants to advance in their career, who wants to get back on their feet. But I, I want to find that stability. Mm-hmm. And just predictability as well. So that we are not concerned about numbers. Just want to know that we have a trajectory. We've been right. doing this for a few years now. And it's time to, you know, put the gas to the pedal to the metal and just mm. scale it up. So that's what we're working on right now. Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet taken the risk reduction assessment, I challenge you to go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. As we conclude, Brian, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of A. Stotts Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Just wanted, I wanted to really know that there's, there's so much more. If you're not feeling excited if you're not jumping out of bed to do what you do, then don't settle for less. Mm. We're given this one life. Just make the most out of it. Just don't sit on the couch to watch TV. Go and find the life. Go and build the life that you want to do, that you want to build, that you want to live. There are much better ways to live, but you have to take action. Mm. You are in the driver's seat. Put the hands on the wheel and drive that vehicle purposefully, intentionally, meaningfully, and go and find and build that life that you, that you want to live, to jump out of bed with joy and to stay up at night, late at night like I do, mm-hmm. with a huge smile from ear to ear, knowing that you're serving others, that you're making a real difference in other people's lives. Fantastic. That's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying thank you for joining our mission, and I'll see you on The Upside.